Welcome to episode 165 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. This show was recorded on Wednesday, August the 2nd, 2017. I'm Colton Reed of BikeBiz.com and this show is another Spokesman special. It features an interview with Adrian Williams, the CEO of Britain's Pastry Cycles, which is based in Shakespeare's hometown of Stratford-upon-Avon. Pashley makes cargo bikes and trikes, as well as traditional English bicycles such as the famous Governor and the equally famous Princess, beloved of style magazines. I was invited to the Pashley factory for reasons that will become clear on a forthcoming Bike Biz news story and in a follow-up podcast. But I was also able to visit the town's traditional cycle shop, where I talked with manager Fran Martin. Behind him, on the shop's counter, was a molten bicycle worth a whopping £16,000. Pashley owns Moulton, and the traditional cycle shop is, in fact, a company store, packed with Pashleys and Moultons, of course. But before we get into the meat of the show, here's David with a word about our show sponsor. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. And now for a limited time, new customers to Jensen USA who are referred by the spokesman get 10% off one item. Simply enter the spokesman, no spaces, at checkout. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at thefredcast.com. I'm the host and producer of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast. For show notes, links, and other information, simply go to our website at the-spokesman.com. And now, here are the spokesmen. Adrian, I've known you for an awfully long long time. You were the person who did a a backflip. Uh, off a TV series bike of a a long time ago, which I think I did a story at the time, which is like an amazing feat for somebody (laughs) who were very young, much younger at that point, but still not a spring chicken, even at that point. Uh, So how did you get involved with Pashley? Tell me that that background. Okay, well, um, so I'm an aeronautical engineer by degree, and started off uh, with helicopters, uh, did my apprenticeship at Westland and I worked in, um, uh, at that time, remotely piloted um, helicopters in the wind tunnel, so research projects and things. But then I moved over onto the commercial side and um, I I then um, progressed to quite a high level at Westland (coughs) and I think they wanted um, me to sort of um, stay with them but um, really I wanted to always run my own business. And so um, I decided to look around and found this small company in Bath, which was involved in engineering. And so I joined them and um, grew that business um, to be reasonably successful. And at the age of 35, I was deputy managing director um, and the group that uh, this business belonged to had again um, ambitions for me but I really want to run my own business and so um, and I didn't really want to be involved in aerospace and defence so um, I asked my dear wife if she would mind paying the mortgage and um, I would become a house husband and look for what I wanted to do and uh, she said that's all right fine so I um, One evening at dinner, uh, a very good friend of mine who's a sculptor said to me, had I tried the Bath to Bristol cycle route? And I said, no, I haven't got a bike at the moment. And he said, well, you need to get out more. He said, "Um, you know, and uh, I'll I'll see what I can do about that. The second thing was I was representing a a Paris company uh, that uh, made helicopter deck landing uh, uh, equipment difficult to land helicopters onto a moving frigate. You need reference lights and things. And so I went out of the Paris Air Show and got gridlocked at the, on the peripherique and things. I just thought, this is ridiculous. We can't go on like this. And this is a, mo- a motor car driver, basically, not a cyclist. 
And, um, and then the third thing happened that the group I was working for um, uh, had a subsidiary company that made gears and gearboxes. They needed to increase their sales. And um, their sales manager answered the telephone time uh, three times. And he said, sorry, we don't make that anymore. So of course I had to say to him, what is it you don't make anymore? And he said, oh, we were involved in making an electrically assisted bicycle um, two or three years ago. We sold a few thousand of them and then we had difficulties. And so we stopped, uh, but we're still getting calls from people. So uh, my friend came to the door, presented me with a bike and said, try the Sostrans route. So I dropped down the hill in Bath where I lived and went along towards Bristol and everything in my life then slowed down and people were waving, the May Blossom was out and you know smiling and, uh, and this was just like lovely and, uh, and then turned around at Bitten, came back went back up the hill and thought, oh, bugger this, this isn't much fun. <laughs> and uh, so I had in the back of my mind uh, the uh, electric assist and thought, actually, I'll go back and speak to them and see if they've still got any of the, um, uh, any of the stock and things. And then I uh, decided that um, actually electric assist bicycles was something um, that I'd like to be involved in and could be the future. It's crazy to say it now, I know, but then nobody was doing it. When, um, is, when is then, Adrian? What, oh, what that, was, uh, that was in uh, about 1992, uh, yeah, about 91, 92 time. So I formed a, a little company and converted chicken sheds actually to the north of uh, Bath and um, did a lot of research myself, funded this, um, uh, this small business, we had a designer there and an engineer there um, and um, we got some Hawk uh, bicycles, um, we uh, motor assisted them by putting um, yeah, uh, the, sort of this, this drive which went on the outside of the uh, front fork and uh, I, I actually put a Sturmey Archer hub in the front so that I could get the different gear ratios as well to this drive. And then um, we, um, towards, um, we had the bike up and running and I was speaking to a battery supplier and uh, he said, oh, is this the new uh, Sinclair thing that uh, he's going to launch? Zyke. And Well, yeah, and uh, I, I, I didn't say no, I just found out where he was launching. And I said to the others, well, um, you know, surprising that Sir Clive Sinclair is going to come out with something. So we decided that we would go up to Cyclex um, and cycle around outside when he launched inside. And um, uh, uh, surprising that we, we had the Sky Television team saw us and took some footage and um, another team, I think it's Thames Television team, took some footage and some broadsheets came across and did some photographs and really they were just ordinary bikes which were electrically assisted and then they um, did went in for his launch and then came out again afterwards and said oh let's have some more footage of yours because it's a bit of a strange machine that is launched and things and so the next day you know as everybody says you know that um, all hell broke loose that uh, the phones were ringing we had people, um, we had particularly one person turned up at our converted chicken sheds, which were a quarter of a mile from Marshfield, um, saying, just turned up at the door and said, I want to buy the bike. And he had come from Birmingham by train to Bristol, by bus to Marshfield, and walked around Marshfield to find out where this was, and then walked to us. And I said, well, how are you going to pay? You know, and I said, it took out a thousand pounds. And in cash, he said, I've wanted one of this kind of thing for ages and never been able to find it. So um, we were then thinking, what do we do, basically? And Pashley uh, phoned up, said they're interested in the technology. Um, I started talking to them about a license agreement. And then um, 
everything went quiet, so I just happened to be passing by Stratford-on-Avon and um, was met by the operations manager and he said, uh, yeah, the sort of, um, there's one or two difficulties here. Um, Patrick family have um, uh, bought another company. To be fair on them, ill-advised and uh, therefore slightly debt burdened. And of course the mountain bike is all the rage at the moment. And um, the, this was 93 and uh, the bank just don't seem very interested in things. Which company was this? The, uh, the it was Spencer. Sp Spencer. So the yeah. Mm. And um, so uh, I, I just said, well, would you like me to help? I've done one or two things and I'd like to learn about the industry and things. And uh, he, he said, yeah, you know, sort of, um, they discussed it. Uh, I came on board uh, four days a week um, and uh, the operations manager went down to run um, Spencer's. And within six months of being here, and it was, quite tricky because um, uh, uh, you know it was quite quite challenging for the business but um, the the phones were ringing people who had bought bikes fleet bikes and things like that five years ago came back for more and when I um, asked um, like a brazier or welder if they wouldn't mind sort of helping out over on assembly and things. They're saying, yeah, Adrian, that's fine and things. So there's a real lovely sort of Midlands propensity to work and, you know, fantastic, uh, you know, staff and um, production staff here. And the phone's ringing a bit, but the bank, this, this was when, like, who wants to be in manufacturing? You know, everybody is offshoring and they're offshoring, what, 50,000, Ashley's at the time, you know, two and a half million people sort of, uh, were, were, you know, and, um, and I, I really hated that. So um, uh, I didn't like the fact that um, everybody was so short-term short minded and uh, uh, so I, I, I just said, look, it doesn't look like you're particularly interested in it. Um, how about if we do a management buyout? And they said, well, if you think you can. So um, that's, that's what we did in December 94. I um, uh, went to 3i, said it's a hard work buy, I'll do the hard work, you help with the buying. And uh, they said yes. And then, um, uh, so we, um, that's what we did, December 94. And not long afterwards, we, um, uh, we've been working with Royal Mail for quite some time. And then we, um, we helped Royal Mail improve their bicycle, um, and uh, which was called the Millennium, so um, uh, just made it more robust basically for them. And then um, uh, in due course, uh, towards the end of the 90s, uh, we saw that they needed to carry more load, so um, we have been developing um, a step-through load carrier, um, uh, uh, carrier bicycle. Um, which you could carry load on the front and the rear, and uh, Royal Mail went out to competition for such a, a bike. So we entered that, and against eight European competitors, I think it was at the time, were given um, the contract for what became, they called our Pronto, uh, the Mail Star, and uh, that went into service, and, um, and yeah, at, at that time, 60% uh, of our business was um, uh, was business to business, basically. Um, so, and when did you bring in, like, because <coughs> most people, when they think of Pashley, mm. probably think of the Pashley Princess, yeah. uh, the pickle, perhaps, yeah, the, yeah. the children's trike, and the bike I can I can see now uh, in the corner of the, the boardroom here, which has the, got the, 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 the canal right behind us, <laughs> uh, with canal boats <coughs> in the past, yeah. uh, is the governor. So um, when did you introduce those, what are perhaps more uh, popularly known to be Pashley, the, the classic bikes? We've always, we've always done the traditional um, bicycles as we have uh, the, um, the carrier cycles. So when Rath Pashley started the company in 1926, 
he said, I'm not going into the volume side, I'm going to work in the niches and I'm going to work in those two areas basically. And um, so we've always done those products. Uh, so uh, when people sort of say, oh, you do retro bikes, I say, well, we've been doing retro for 90 years, basically. It's just that um, the, the Princess, as it's now called, and the variants of it, such as the Poppy and the uh, Britannia, in their more colorful versions, um, are still, um, are an evolution of the original uh, Pashley bikes. And they've all had that uh, characteristic um, front wicker basket and things, which, um, of course, really sort of sets it apart from others, well, it has done historically. Um, so, um, we, when, when um, we had, when we were looking at um, Royal Mail and their business into the future, we, we decided that they were quite dominant to the business. And we had, I think at the time, 300 products or variants thereof which is, of course, incredible for a business that has got 50 people in it. And so we, we were trying to reduce that. And I think now we're about 160 products, variants thereof, um, which is still amazing, really. But we are the last of the original makers, basically, and that is, you know, what we're all about, you know, we, we, we could, if, if I was um, a sort of ruthless um, uh, consultant that just wanted to maximise on profit, maybe we wouldn't make this lovely sort of children's pickle tricycle or some of these other products because they would be deemed as being, you know, unprofitable, etc, etc. But actually, um, you know, we 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 have um, we have to continue um, uh, in the tradition uh, of of make, making bicycles as such. You know, from the the governor came about um, because we um, because we started to focus on our classic cycles. Um, we I took the view that actually, and I took this from when I joined Pashley. Uh, and when I looked into the future, that mountain bikes were great for going down mountains, but actually utility cycles, useful cycles, uh, whether for industry, commerce, um, around the streets, delivering things, or for people uh, riding on the streets, you know, that they needed to carry stuff and they needed bicycles with mug guards and sensible bicycles, basically, uh, which was sort of reasonably unfashionable thinking at the time, but that's what we concentrated on. And um, so we, we decided, um, yes, we would focus on that a bit more. And um, we started getting more um, publicity. We don't have a PR company. Everybody thinks we must have a PR company. We just do it ourselves. We do our brochures ourselves, you know, everything ourselves. And, um, but, um, the, the the princess started to get photographed by notable people riding it and things and then uh, another notable celebrity or whatever was riding it and it seemed to sort of do its own generation uh, and it got to the point where our people were actually mentioning our name and I, I wondered if they were actually our, our customers or not and things or just mentioning our name which was quite unusual but it was also lovely um, especially as um, it was um, not costing me very much and things. And I, um, so, and, and the industry was talking about trying to encourage more people into, more ladies into riding bicycles, which I found strange because 75% of our customers were ladies. And um, then um, I, I got a small house just up the road at Wilmcote, um, uh, which was three miles away. And you can see the uh, canal uh, towpath over there. So I had a cycle to route work. And um, so I just wanted a simple bike to cycle to work on. And uh, so I, um, I, I sort of, in my head, I, I had this product which um, uh, 
became uh, the governor, basically. So a simple three-speed that I could cycle to work, basically. And um, it, it was really, it started off with a bike just for me to ride to work. And when I first described it to Dan, uh, our technical uh, manager, uh, he said, I see what you mean, but we can't do that because I can't get the rims, I can't get the tires, and there was something else he, you know, he couldn't get. But within, um, I think it was two or three months later, we were at Eurobike walking around, as we did then, we didn't exhibit then, and uh, we met up, and Dan had found two of the things, I think I'd found the other thing, i.e. Schwalbe had come out with the, uh, the cream tyres, and um, it, you know, so it sort of came together. Um, so we, we got the items in, we put it together, people in the, uh, in the factory seemed to like it. Um, the UK sales manager said, uh, I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to put that on, on my, my stand in London, basically. Didn't understand it, basically. So that was an interesting reaction. <laughs> so uh, so what, what, um, the first bike wasn't actually my double top tube that was made. We made three, the three sizes. Uh, it was the uh, 22 inch and uh, so um, I was standing uh, in the dispatch area and uh, they brought it to me and uh, I said first prototype and I said it looks lovely. They said well what do you want me to do with it? And because it wasn't a double top tube and because I was standing by a consignment that was going to Interbike I said um, we'll just put it in the cart and then we'll put it, it wasn't named then either We'll, we'll send it out to um, Interbike and see what the distributor over there thinks about it. And um, so we, um, the, when we were building up the booth at Interbike, um, I, I took it out and he said, that is amazing. Uh, and it was, it was really strange that people walked over. We just got out of the box and people walked over and said, what is that? You know. And uh, so we thought, oh, well, maybe we better put it on display. And you know what it's like at Interbike. You finish building about two o'clock in the morning. You then get up again. You sort of stand you know, on the stand, uh, bleary-eyed and things, surrounded by people. And uh, after about, um, I think it was after two hours or something, the distributor came up to me and he said, uh, Adrian, he said, um, would you mind going over and having words with, um, uh, you know, your technical person because uh, he's saying it's not available and I've sold 20 of them already and I said what price did you use and he said well the price you gave me and I said well I made that price up and he said well they're buying at it you know and they yeah. also want to know where they get the Schwalbe uh, cream tires from and things like that so it's, it's very funny it launched itself really. I was at Interbike Oh, that, right, yeah, right. when you when you launch this, and um, it was like a traditional mm, English you know, mm, 1920s yeah. racer type yeah. type bike, which was very different to mm. the bikes that were <laughs> that were yes. normally there. So it was a, yes. it was a wow for that. So mm. were people buying this for utilitarian purposes? Do you think, or was it because it's that classic 1920s English? Yeah, I I I I think I think the latter. I th I think it is it's just got a certain the picture I had in my head is what you've got there and it's just um, it's just a certain style about it that's just very uncomplicated and very natural and um, and yet when you actually so to look at it I think it's got a certain aesthetic and beauty which I want to try and achieve with all of our products because I want to uh, a lot of our customers um, haven't actually been uh, cycling, you know, much, and so if you can then put something that's really beautiful in front of them and encourage them onto the product, and then when they actually ride it, uh, it fulfills the sort of promise, if you like. Then I think that's really important, rather than a sort of cheap mountain bike that you may sort of buy because it's fashion-led, and then you just leave it in your garage and things like that. So I think I think people they seem to have this instant attraction to it, which is which is lovely. But then when they ride it, they think, oh, this is fun, basically. 
And it was lovely to get <clears throat> emails in from various people, even other bike company uh, sort of employees in America who um, have bought them and then gone out riding with their mates and things who are on their road bikes, etc. And then when you get, um, like there's this time trialist that sent an email in and said all this stuff they say about um, carbon bikes, etc., etc. Uh, I've just been out of my governor and I was only 30 seconds off my best time, basically. And uh, it, was, it was those kind of sort of emails that were coming back in, which was just, it was just lovely, you know, and um, so it's just nice that people enjoy them. And of course, it then spawned um, the Governor's Assembly. Yes, yeah, so you've got your own fan club. <laughs> yeah, which was, which was lovely, and they're such lovely people. Uh, and um, you, yes, you, you, you've got to be careful when you go out with them, because uh, they, they do like a beer or two and things. But um, they are just lovely, and of course, their wives, uh, you know, who a number of the wives uh, will be riding the Britannias or the Princesses and things, which is great. And um, and, it, and when we did um, the uh, special edition um, uh, plus four, um, uh, that was um, that was sort of quite interesting. We did fifty of them, and there's a website I believe that's sort of dedicated to um, you know the, the governor plus four, where they're trying to find all 50 of them and things. <clears throat> I am being recorded, but I've probably got two of them if you want them to know that. <laughs> I haven't told them that though. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so that, it, it, it's lovely. I mean, you know, the, the, you know, they should be enjoyed, shouldn't they? And so um, it's lovely to see people enjoying it. And we, we also have um, the Pashley picnic in September this year, and we've had it for the last five or six years, where it's something where I want to give something back to our customers, and so they come to Stratford. We go for a sort of ride um, out along the river, probably end up at a pub or somewhere at lunchtime, and then ride back again. Then we have sort of champagne and cucumber sandwiches and um, uh, cakes and do pass a parcel and have music and things. and. It's all part of what we're about, um, as as is um, sponsoring uh, handlebars, you know, uh, which Shakespeare. is yeah, which is I mean, they're just fantastic. I mean, a troop of a, a troop of four young men uh, who travel twelve hundred miles, you know, from London to Edinburgh carrying all of their props and everything on uh, trailers, you know, on Pashley bikes, um, doing shows um, as they go and are so funny. And then uh, that's led to the female troop, uh, which are, you know, traveling right now on their bikes and things. It's just lovely. And it's, you don't do these things for um, commercial gain. You do it because it's just lovely. And, um, yeah, and, uh, and hopefully uh, they, they will do well through it and hopefully people will, yes, see that we're involved a little bit, but that's not really the great point. We just love them. It's and a perfect marriage, of course, because you're Stratford-upon-Avon. Yeah, absolutely. Shakespeare's yeah. town. Yeah. So there is yeah. that absolute yes. gelling together there yeah. of stories. Yeah, but, it, but, it, but it's, um, it's all about... Um, it's, it's, it's really all about family in its broader sense because, um, you, you know, we are a designer and maker, but we rely on suppliers. I mean, Arthur Wilkinson made our first wheel 40 years ago. His son, Carl, continues to make wheels for us. And they're, what, sort of 35 minutes from us. And we've got 95 other UK um, uh, suppliers supplying into us to one side of utility companies and all that kind of stuff and um, so it's all about long uh, relationships with that supply base which has been difficult because of course that supply base has been eroded and so we've had to find other suppliers uh, well, you know when when rally <coughs> threw in the towel um, and everybody else followed uh, you know, that made it very difficult, of course, on, on the supply base of, uh, of things. 
But then we, so, so to keep up, you know, we, we, we're really very concerned about our supply base, of course, but I'm equally concerned about our people um, and, um, and the local community here. Uh, we, we have um, two employees who have been here, here over 40 years. We've got seven who have been here over 25 years, and yet we've got youngsters uh, who are with us. And um, maybe they would, might not have gone in the right course in life because you know school wasn't really for them. And so they came to us as assemblers and they could see through others that uh, actually if they put their head down and got stuck in, then they, we would train them up and they could become brazers if they showed the aptitude. So we've got three of them now who are our top paid production operatives. And uh, so we've got a broad range of, um, uh, of ages and skill sets. Um, and we've got really good design development people. And then, um, of course, then it flows through into our customers out there, our distributors. You know, we've got a distributor in Japan who's been with us over 35 years. And so it's right the way through. It's uh, all about, yeah, relationships and things. And um, it's, it's driven more for the, for the love of the product and the involvement than just driving that bottom line, basically. And I, I think this is I think this is the problem nowadays, in that um, ev everybody is piling in, thinking that they can make money out of the uh, bicycle industry. And everybody in the bicycle industry knows that how to make a million, you start with two, you know. And they just don't realise this. It's really difficult making money in this industry, and there there isn't. There isn't the love of the product, and uh, that is, I, I, I think, really problematic. You know, uh, because it it shows in what's being presented, you know, to customers largely. And I, I think they need, um, you know, our our, our 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 people out there, our customers, need their their heart lifted a bit, basically. Um, and you know, the, the, there is a soul um, here and um, hopefully that touches them a bit too. So you've, you've stayed in one place in many respects, yeah. in that you've stayed manufacturing mm -hmm. in the UK, yeah. which if you stand still long enough, mm. then eventually fashions catch up to you again, yeah. because that's the next stage yeah. for, for Britain, is yeah. gonna be what's called reshoring, yeah. where you bring manufacturing back. So yeah. Rally got rid of its robots mm. in 99 or whatever, mm. well, chances are they're going to have to bring a lot of this stuff back yeah. to the UK yeah. as something yeah. if they're going to remain competitive because Asia's yeah. not going to be competitive yeah. in the years ahead. So reshoring isn't something that you've introduced. No. You've always, yes. in fact, reshored. Yes. You've yeah. always done stuff here. So yeah. it's you and Brompton mm. for a long time have been... And Moulton. And Moulton, yeah. which you was part of. Yes. Is you've always done that. Yes. But now people are catching up. So yeah. where do you see people catching up, do you see that as ironic or do you see that as, of course, you must catch up to us? <laughs> well, 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 yes, because uh, again, you know, um, when I got involved in Pashley and I go along to various um, business meetings and things, um, Birmingham or Coventry or whatever, and um, people would say, oh, what do you do? And I, I said, well, I'm in the manufacture of bicycles. And they'd turn to the person next to them and start a conversation with them. Um, it was it was extraordinary uh, that um, you know the, the the Midlands that was the engine of our prosperity, how people turn their nose up at it and still do, and yet it's a fantastic uh, you know a fantastic area. Um, I come from you know Kent from southeast London, and so you know I'm a convert. You know it's amazing what this you know, centre of England, the heart of England has done for this nation. And um, so to have that kind of response, you know, is like, oh, you know, um, uh, because it was, of course it was all service sector driven and, you know, and, you know what the banks were saying at the time. So um, I, I said to people here, uh, look, you know, don't worry, at some point things will turn again 
Um, I don't know when it's going to be in things, but it will happen. And uh, of course, now people are starting to talk, as you say, about reshoring. About there's there's these various companies that are sort of uh, trying to promote uh, the made in made in Britain thing. It's such a shame that with all these things that we've been great at, you know, we've actually sort of just um, just lost a lot of it, basically. I know, I know we're still brilliant in lots of areas, automotive, aerospace. We're still great manufacturers, great creators, but you know, at a certain level, it's just, it's just terrible that we've lost that. Because the irony of it is that as these uh, nations are developing in China, the Far East, they're wanting to buy uh, original British product and where do they come to buy that? And so it's not a surprise really that we're, um, we're doing quite well from that. We've got 47 countries we supply to at the moment. Uh, Brompton are obviously doing well from that and Malton are doing. I think Malton 85% is exported. So, um, um, so yes, uh, how people will reshore in the bicycle industry um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm certainly not myself stuck with um, just making things in the traditional way um, because I'm, I'm looking at um, uh, how we can do volume product here um, cleverly, basically, uh, right now. Um, so um, uh, I think that I think that's important to have a, an eye on that for the future. And of course we've expanded space-wise so that we can um, you know, cope you know, with um, greater quantities uh, in due course. Reshoring when we're talking in EU terms tend to be, well we're going to go to Poland or we're going to go to, to Hungary. Mm. So it's in EU, it doesn't tend to be in the UK itself. So how does Brexit throw that into 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 relief. <laughs> Big sigh on Brexit. Um, no, I'm. I'm. I, 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 it's a difficult one for me to answer, but I'm focused on um, uh, on Stratford upon Avon, the Midlands, the UK, as much as possible to find product. So. Um, um, uh, you're, you might have to edit some of this out, but um, because I I, 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 of course, wear more than one hat now, and I don't make a point of wearing the other hats, basically, because I, I, you know people see me as Pashley, which is absolutely right. But as you're aware, um, Pashley also, well, the group, uh, I also own Malton Bicycle Company, and uh, because. Um, Alex um, came to me about nine years ago and uh, said, Adrian, um, I think he was 85 at the time, um, I am going to die at some point. I really like what you've done with Pashley. Um, I want Malton to be in safe hands going forward. Will you buy it? And um, so that's, um, that's what happened. And. Um, and um, you know, so we, we I oversee. Um, I'm a custodian of, of course, Pashley and of Malton, and oversee uh, Malton going forward and things. And uh, and we're we're very active at the moment, uh, discussing with the, um, the the trustees of the Malton estate um, the future for um, uh, the Malton Bicycle Company. On the um, on the estate there, um, uh, in Bradford Maven, and I think that could be a really exciting future for it. And there's certainly a lot of demand. I'm sorry to jump into uh, to Malton, but there's certainly a lot of demand there because um, uh, Alex, of course, led the world with small wheel suspension bicycles, which people then followed. Everybody. The, the names you see out there now, uh, including Brompton, but Dahon and the Turn and others, all followed um, through from him, and and 
his, his product really is ahead of its time. And, uh, and it's fantastic that it, you know, after 50 years, um, it is still uh, very, very relevant, and in fact, perhaps more relevant than it was. And um, so to keep evolving that product um, is, is absolutely fascinating. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm so in love with um, the whole aspect of Molten and the fact that Alex didn't throw anything away. So, um, you know, what I would like to do is um, work with the team there and the trustees to make sure that uh, the whole evolution uh, of, of uh, the Molten product um, to right to present day when it's still being made can be seen because it's just a lovely story and an inspiring story to um, to the young people of today we're trying to encourage of course engineers um, we've got a great shortage of engineers of course as you know and uh, I was an engineer my wife was an engineer mechanical engineer so we it'd be really inspirational I think to them to see that you know from the rubber industry in Bradford even through aircraft involvement through involvement with the mini uh, motor car comes out of this this small wheel suspension bicycle and then you know just just it's great and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, to that going forward and working I was there yesterday um, sort of in discussion you know to try and um, make this happen and then um, so the other hat I, I wear is um, GB cycle components. Um, so we're, we're um, um, I, I, you know, I owned Brooks at one point, um, and it was, it was a, a shame in many respects, you know, uh, to 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 pass that on. But it was right because um, uh, Celeroyal could give it the distribution that deserved, and they did have the passion and do have the passion for it. And they did uh, keep to their word and keep manufacturing in England, but they had to anyway because otherwise, what would it be? Um, but uh, when uh, Pashley became better known for its traditional bikes with its brook saddles, then um, the emulators or copyists, if you like of course put brook saddles on and uh, that was um, problematic so I, I thought um, yeah, we, we need to distinguish ourselves and uh, we do that through our product anyway but it would be quite nice to have a componentry uh, brand um, that's on our bicycles if we could do that and so what better than GB and, um, and I really love GB anyway and so I, um, I had a word with uh, Jeremy Burgess, uh, son of Jerry Burgess. Everybody thinks GB was Great Britain, but it was Jerry Burgess, of course. And, um, and uh, he said, because um, uh, he, was, he was doing a tiny little bit, but he was mainly focusing on the uh, furniture down at Felton. And I've still got the gates there with GB uh, on the gates and things um, uh, on, on the original site. And he said, yeah, he said, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to retain, you know, a small percent, basically, but, yeah, please get involved and make it happen. So you um, launched the Alcaraz there at Eurobike when you launched? Well, we, we yes, it's had, a, it's had a bit of a bumpy start, uh, actually, Carlton, because, um, again, I was really into getting stuff made in England. And uh, so I, we, we went to various people and they said, why come to us? You know, uh, why don't you get that made in the Far East? And it's like, no, you know, we're trying to actually give you work and get this made in England. You know, um, it it may be tube manipulation, and yes, you know, maybe etc. But it, so that was quite that was quite hard, and uh, we um, we were trying to do um, handlebar sort of stems and things in stainless etc., which was quite challenging to manufacture. So we, we, we probably set our sights a bit high to start with. Um, so um, at the moment, uh, 
GB, we're just uh, still doing some development stuff. We are putting product just softly uh, out there onto our product uh, mainly, uh, but um, Tim is working on the um, website now and other componentry, and um, we'll, we'll probably come to the um, uh, more into notice uh, towards the end of this year, I would think. But yeah, we're not trying to do a big fanfare as such. We 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 just we just love um, the the product and the idea and things like that. And if we can through it encourage more people to make, you know, in the UK, uh, then that's that's great. So I I sort of I see I suppose I'm a bit of an umbrella over uh, sort of British making, uh, British bicycle design and making, and uh, because that's what, uh, you know, I, I sort of, yeah, love and want to encourage, basically. And so this, this site here um, certainly allows us to, um, you know, encourage that. We've got GB uh, next door. And, and in fact, I've got, um, I think, the last uh, metal mudguard making machinery which um, Spencer's um, had and then um, they wanted moved out the way so I've uh, purchased that and that building that you saw earlier um, I've, I've put it in there and I'm going to get it up and running um, in the not too distant future too um, uh, you know there, there are people that you know, within this organisation who say, why are you doing that? We can get that somewhere else, uh, not on these shores. And, uh, uh, but they say that carefully and um, I'm ignoring them. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so your ethos shines through mm. that you want to do as much stuff mm. British yep. and high quality. Now, th the bikes that you're doing, mm they are at a certain market level, yeah. almost for connoisseurs. Yeah, whereas, well, yeah, more discerning customers, yes. Whereas if you actually look at the history of them, mm. these are utility bicycles yeah. that would have actually been not for connoisseurs yeah. in the 1920s. So yeah. in 1926 when it was founded, yeah. uh, these bicycles would have just been the, the, the yeah. bog standard bicycles yeah, absolutely. Of, of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And people would go out touring, as you know, for probably 60 mile rides on them and things, on a roadster and things. It's extraordinary. So is it the fact that these are now connoisseur bikes uh, a reflection of they're just more expensive, whereas in the 1920s when they were made, they wouldn't have been as expensive as they are now, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I do, I do. Um, difficult, difficult one for me to answer that. Um, so if they were a lot less expensive, would more people ride them? Um, I don't know is the answer. Um. <laughs> Put it another way. Yes. The, the fact that you're making in the UK and yeah. your ethos is to yeah. do that yes. naturally makes them more expensive because yes. it's much, much cheaper to just buy these things in Asia. So that yeah. whereas people's perception of how much a bicycle costs yeah. now yeah. is far, far lower yeah. than in the 1920s. Yes. So you've actually spent a lot more of your wage buying yes. a high, in effect, yes. a high quality bicycle, which yep. would have lasted 30 years. Yep. Yep. Whereas now we'll go out buying Asian made bicycles, yes. Yes. which don't last as long. People yep. don't have the, the quality perception yep. they'd have had in the 1920s. Yep. Yep. So that's why your bikes cost yes. more money today yep. because yep. Yep. they wouldn't have cost more money in the 1920s. They'd have no. still been expensive, but people yep. don't spend as much on their bicycles today as they would have done in the 1920s. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, 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 and I really hope that uh, those um, customers of ours that therefore do buy our product do appreciate um, what they are buying into. You know that it, you know that they, they, and I think generally they do. I think that um, eighty percent, uh, I would say about eighty percent of. Uh, our customers walking into bike shops have made up their mind that they want to buy a Pashley. 
because they've done the research and they know that we are a socially responsible company, uh, that we, uh, we care, and, 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 and also that uh, we care about them afterwards too. Um, because you know we, we've got all our frame numbers going back tens of years and uh, so um, if they have an issue or whatever and that is rare uh, then we will be able to know when it was made and get the part to them wherever possible um, and that isn't really happening very much these days and certainly it's disappointing with the electric assist bikes uh, that are proliferating now to see that people are treating them with uh, you know, fire and forget products. Um, that's no way to treat a customer. You know, you've got to be there for your customer afterwards as well into the future. Really important. So you own a bike shop also? Well, yes, yes. Um, so I've um, basically, we didn't have uh, an outlet in Stratford-upon-Avon and uh, yet we had people wanting to see our product and bike shops generally don't stock very many of our product and um, so we um, we took on board um, uh, the traditional cycle shop which um, was previously operated by Avon Boating because it was a chandlery at one stage and um, so um, we, we took that on last year um, so that people, if they wanted to, could come and see the product range. And so we've um, just, on a shoestring, because that's how we operate, we've, um, we've been re upcycling. Fran down there, you'll, uh, if you go down there, you'll meet him. He's been walking around this uh, factory and offices and saying, oh, I could do with that cupboard and various things, and then upcycling it into um, display uh, cabinets and things down there so it's all being done on a bit of a shoestring but um, at least now we have uh, a place in the Midlands where people can come and see uh, the product and um, we've actually just put uh, molten into it as well I thought we were going to put three or four in uh, but um, I think there may be a few more of those down there and this having a footprint in, mm. in a bike shop teaches mm. you about retailing and maybe you can pass those lessons on to yep. the, the retailers that you, you've got yes. selling your product. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so I, I try and go in there on a, a Saturday morning, buy them a coffee and then listen to what um, uh, the customers are saying. I encourage our design team to spend time down there, just again, listening, observing. Um, and um, and then trying to see what works in terms of display uh, and um, and uh, like I spoke to uh, Fran when I got back from the States um, uh, two days ago and I came back from the States actually there talking to um, a group that's got over a hundred um, retail outlets uh, and they were interested in taking our product uh, and they were revamping their um, outlets and so I was able to show them how we presented our product not only uh, here but uh, where, where some of our nicer bike shops if you like have presented our products and, um, and made it more interesting and, and, and things you know so there's a bit of an uplift of the heart when you actually see this rather than bikes just lined you know uh, along and you can hardly access them. And uh, so I, I spoke. To, I came back thinking, right, I've got to focus on this product uh, area and this product area. We're, we're doing far too many things. And I phoned up Fran, and um, I said, how, how are you getting on, Fran? And he said, um, oh, it's been a good month so far. Um, uh, he told me how many bikes he had sold, and uh, I said, oh, well, which, which ones? And then he rattled off practically the whole range of bikes that we make, including of course the tricycles, which um, uh, are very are very useful. And I thought, oh, <laughs> you know, uh, it would be nice if you just said it was this, this and this, you know, rather than practically the whole thing, you know, even, you know, the Clubland Country, I think he had, he had sold and three tricycles and yeah. So it's, it's lovely that um, customers are able to come, you know, to see it. And we are 
uh, routing them into our other dealerships as well. You know, this is um, um, uh, we're, we're not trying to take uh, custom away, but of course, as everybody knows now, the word is omnichannel, and um, so it's important to uh, work in these different areas, basically. Um, I think that's about about me, isn't it? Yes, uh, and, uh, and, and, and and not about me, but about Pashley. That's so. been fascinating. Thank you. And uh, let's go and visit Fran. And we will go and visit Fran. But first of all, here's David. Hey, Carlton, thanks so much. And it's it's always my pleasure to talk about our advertiser. This is a long-time loyal advertiser. We're glad to have them back again, of course, in 2017. You all know who I'm talking about. It's Jensen USA at jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. I've been telling you for years now, years, that Jensen is the place where you can get a great selection of every kind of product that you need for your cycling lifestyle at amazing prices and what really sets them apart because of course there's lots of online retailers out there but what really sets them apart is their unbelievable support when you call and you've got a question about something you'll end up talking to one of their gear advisors and these are cyclists i've been there i've seen it these folks this is something we'll talk about in today's show but these are folks who who ride their bikes to and from work these are folks who ride at lunch who go out on group rides after work because they just enjoy cycling so much. Uh, and, and so you know that when you call, you'll be talking to somebody who has knowledge of the products that you're calling about. Now, talking about great deals, it is time for Jensen USA's annual bike sale, their 2017 annual bike sale. If, if you're looking for a new bike, whether it's a mountain bike, a road bike, a gravel bike, a fat bike, what are you looking for? Because now it's spring and the sun is shining and the birds are chirping and it's time to get back out on your bike. Check out Jensen USA's annual bike sale and you will not be disappointed. They always have great deals on complete bikes. I mean, I'll just give you an example. I'm looking at their website. A 2016 Orbea Occam TRM30, normally $3,999, now just $2,699. What are you waiting for? It's a great bike from a great brand at a great price. Go ahead and check them out. Jensen USA, they are the place where you will find everything you need for your cycling lifestyle. It's jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. We thank them so much for their support, and we thank you for supporting Jensen USA. All right, Carlton, let's get back to the show. So I've now come uh, from Mason's Road in Stratford-upon-Avon, to the Avon bit of Stratford-upon-Avon, so uh, we're by the river, and we're in the traditional cycle shop, and I'm with Fran Martin, who's the, the manager here. Tell us a little bit about how the traditional cycle shop meshes with, with Adrian and with Pashley. Hi, Carter. Um, the traditional cycle shop is uh, Adrian, Adrian Williams' sort of side project. So the independent dealer that was here before um, decided to move out of uh, the cycle retail trade. And Adrian wanted to, uh, he didn't want to see that happen and he wanted to get closer to the customer. So he wanted to get that, have that direct contact with the customer, not through uh, dealers or um, a, um, a distributor. He wanted that direct contact just to get that direct feedback. Um, and up until this time last year, I was teaching. I was a secondary teacher in teaching design technology, but always with a passion for cycling. Um, so I saw, uh, I spoke to Adrian and uh, managed to get the job. So I've been here since then and uh, I'm loving every minute of it. So you're at the coal face here with Pashley products. So, and, and, and Molten products as well. So I can see, um, describing what I'm seeing in the shop now, I can see a 16,000 pound Molten at one end. And then if we don't go along to the other end, we're seeing a lot more of the, the Pashley products. So we're seeing some Pathfinders, we're seeing some Princesses. So tell me exactly what you've got here. Well, we've got, um, if I start with Molten, we've got the full TSR range. So from the £1,250 TSR 2, uh, the TSR 8, the 9, the 27, up to the 22. And then we've got an example of the SST range, which is the 11-speed Alfine hub. Um, we've got 
a Bradford and Avon built a molten jubilee. We've got a, um, a speed, stainless steel speed, and we've got a new series double pylon as well. Um, I'm a huge fan of molten. I've always I've had a molten for a good number of years now, and like a lot of molten owners, I've now seem to have acquired three. It's very rarely you get a molten owner just, just with one. They always seem to collect. Um, so that's molten. And then with pastry, we're at the moment uh, one of the only places in the country where you can come and see pretty much the full pastry range. You can test ride them all. Um, we've got all sizes, all colour combinations, um, along with all the accessories, including the pastry collection, the, the clothing collection. Uh, it's all here. So describe your customer to me, your average customer, if you have such a thing. Um, well, the, the average Malton customer is easy because they tend to be sort of a middle-aged and beardy, a bit like me, Carlton. Um, the, 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 there's, a, there's quite a sort of cross-section of, uh, of Pashley uh, owners, really. I mean, we tend to, for, for, for example, the governor, someone will come in looking fairly normal and buy a governor, and then when I see them for their six-week check or for their service, all of a sudden they're wearing tweed and, and waxing their moustache. Um, you know, so turning on the model, people sort of, you know, it is just something they're starting to the shops on, or it could be a whole lifestyle change for some people. And we have lots of people who are going to use their, you know, their pastry princess to, to commute to work, to, you know, cycle to the shop, to ride to the pub on a Sunday. Um, we have people who buy a parabike, put racks on it, stands lights, and it's the everyday commuter. Um, we have people who buy something like the Pathfinder Trail, and that's their sort of Sunday afternoon, you know, sort of roaring through the countryside, you know, on a gravel track, on a towpath. So there is a, a real cross-section of owners. Um, they tend to be sort of from the 30s up at the moment. So are you a destination store? So people aren't popping in and, and, and it's not their local bike store. It's something that people will travel a goodly distance to get to you. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely not a, a sort of local bike store, although we do look after sort of the local Pashley uh, riders and Malton riders. But we, we, people travel from all over the world. We had, uh, we had someone travel from the south coast to buy a Pashley coaster a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm sure they were doing other things in the area at the same time, but that's, that's why they came in here. And, and you know, we, this week I've sold bikes to owners in Harrogate, um, you know, Leicester, um, York. So, you know, people do travel from a, a very long way. And you're, if you don't mind me saying so, a niche end of the bike market. So how are you doing in the niche end of the bike market? Unless you say, no, you're not the niche end of the bike market. How, basically, how are you doing? What's, what's, what's business like at the moment for you? Um, well, business, I mean, I can't talk about pastry as a whole, but certainly down here, business is very good. I mean, we're, you know, we've just had a record month. Um, you know, we've sold more bikes than we've ever sold in a month before. Um, and I think Adrian Williams once said to me once that Pashley is the cycle company for people who don't yet cycle. So, it's, so, you know, we're sort of getting people who maybe haven't cycled for a while. They could be, I haven't cycled 20 years, but I want to buy, I love your bicycles. You know, so we're seeing a lot of people like that. Um, so they're not sort of cycling fanatics, um, but they do, want to, they do want to cycle in their everyday life. So, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of those. We're helping them, you know. The amount of times I've started someone off on their test ride outside the shop and my heart's gone a bit, because <clears throat> they're getting very close to the river, they're still wobbling. But then within 10 minutes, you know, they cycle off, they come, come back from the car park and they've got a huge smile on their face and, you know, they feel like they feel when they got on their first bike when they were sort of 10 years old or whatever. You're talking about falling on the river there. You better describe the location <laughs> because I could describe this, uh, but I'd rather you just tell me exactly yeah, what well, we're seeing. This outside. is Stratford Marina. So if you take a bike out of our front door, you've got probably three metres between our front door and the river. Um, so if people start a test ride, they sort of, there's a critical bit is from the door up to the car park. It's three metres wide, about 20 metres long. And uh, if I remember, and someone says I haven't ridden about 10 years, I will, or 20 years, I will take them past that narrow bit. Right. But uh, I always jokingly point out I've got a boat hook and I haven't had to use it yet, so. <laughs> Thanks to Fran Martin there of Stratford-upon-Avon's traditional cycle shop. And thanks also to Pashley's Adrian Williams. This has been episode 165 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. There will be another show from Pashley's factory in a wee while, but for now, I'm sworn to secrecy. Let's just say I test rode a very important bicycle while I was in Stratford-upon-Avon, and once I can report about it, I will. 
we're hoping to get the usual suspects together soon to record the normal show. In the meantime, thanks for listening and thanks for visiting the hyphenspokesmen.com for show notes and the previous 164 episodes of the show. Until the next episode, get out there and ride. <laughs>